well, this is it. We're down to one more race. Who's going to get it done and be crowned the NASCAR Cup Series champion of 2023? We'll talk about it on this episode of The Stage Break. Episode number 32 is officially underway. Thank you so much for joining the show today. I'm glad that you're here. Excited to have another chance to talk some NASCAR with you guys. And uh, I don't know. See if we can make some heads or tails of this uh, championship race that is coming up this weekend at Phoenix. Be sure to like the show, subscribe, share it with someone that you know. If you listen on a platform that... Uh, has the ability to leave a review, feel free to do that. That would be a big help. And if you want to be in the know with the show and have some inside information, go over to my uh, Buy Me a Coffee page, buymeacoffee.com slash the stage break podcast. There you can follow me and be notified anytime I make a post. So be sure to do that. I'm sure that you would um, enjoy that. And if you want to support the show, you can do so there, but no obligation to do that. Uh, but at the very least, I would really encourage you to go just because you're going to find information there and be notified about some things that's going on with the show that you won't find anywhere else. So be sure to do that. Well, again, this week I am still in the midst of moving and getting everything unpacked. So this show is kind of thrown together again, but I think that it's still going to end up being a pretty good one. And um, I don't know, I've got some interesting things to look at in regards to this championship race. Uh, but I want to give you guys a little bit of an update about what's coming um, in regards to uh, the next, uh, I don't know, the, 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 the weeks ahead, really. I mean, I, I will have some more information coming up about uh, some of the shows that will be happening in between the or during the off season, in between the finale as well as Daytona next year, uh, but just to I don't know, just just to give you guys a little bit of understanding what's coming up. But next week we'll, we're going to take a break. Um, not going to do an episode next week. However, come back the week after. Got a very special guest lined up. I'm not going to reveal who that is just yet. Not quite ready for that, but. Uh, it's a show that I can just tell you that you are not going to want to miss it. That's uh, really looking forward to it. Hope everything works out for that show. Uh, and it's going to be kind of like a review of the 2023 season and just kind of cover the highlights and the highs and the lows of the season and maybe some things that we can take away from it as NASCAR fans and maybe something that NASCAR could do. So um, come back for that show, The not next week, but the week after. And uh, I, I think you will definitely not want to miss it. In regards to news, there was just unveiled recently that Ford is coming out with a new body style for 2024 for their Mustangs. Has kind of like a dark horse look to the Mustang itself, kind of a wide body looking thing. And so if you're a Mustang fan, uh, you really and you haven't seen it yet, you really need to go check it out. It looks pretty sweet. I'm a, I'm a big Mustang guy myself. That's just kind of the, the way I lean in regards to a manufacturer, but um, 
I don't know. I guess, I mean, they all look pretty sweet to begin with, but it's kind of neat to see them give it a facelift and have something that's going to look really cool going into 2024. Hopefully it has a, a little bit bare, better aero situation than the current car has. Uh, hopefully it's not worse. I, I don't know that it would be worse or else there probably wouldn't be unveiling it, but at the, at the end of the day, I hope it's an improvement for the Fords. I know they kind of were behind a little bit almost all season long. And there were some times where, uh, you know, some brilliance showed through and uh, the, the Fords were more dominant. And especially the super speedways, they seem to have a little bit of an advantage there. But outside of that, it, it seemed to be more Chevy and, and Toyota all season long. And I've heard some people uh, kind of credit that to the aerodynamics of the car itself. So I'm hopeful that uh, this will even it out a little bit, make it a little bit more neutral aerodynamically, and still leave it to the driver, the teams, the engineers to be able to put something together mechanically to be able to you know, come with a setup with uh, all the right uh, adjustments on the car that uh, they need to have the advantage in order for them to win. Not that, you know, I don't know, I mean, unless you just have a really big hatred for a certain manufacturer, I don't know that you necessarily want anyone or any team to not be able to be competitive because their car is at a disadvantage. It'd be kind of neat if all of them were equal in regards to arrow, and then, you know, if, if, it's, if it's done right, everything's to spec, and then leave it to the, the teams and the, the, the crew chiefs and everything to bring a car that's set up to be fast. And, and that, that's a little bit more in the team's hands. So, And that gives them an opportunity to shine more so than, well, our, our design that we were handed is just faster. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think it, it hopefully it'll be a good thing that kind of aerodynamically evens out the playing field with the, for the Fords at least. And then we'll see what, what comes about of it. I, I don't know. I'm interested to see what some of these... These wraps are going to look like on these cars next year. I think they're going to look pretty sick. Well, let's start talking about this weekend's race at Phoenix, the NASCAR Cup Series championship race. It's kind of bittersweet, isn't it? I mean, we've, we want to know who's going to win. We want to know who's going to be the champion this year. But at the same time, we don't necessarily want the racing to end yet. At least I don't. But I think all in all, it is going to be a great race as usual at Phoenix Raceway. Well, not that you need the reminder, our final four in contention for the championship this weekend is Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, William Byron, and Kyle Larson. Blaney sealing the deal last week was a kind of a clutch moment for him at Martinsville. And as I had kind of predicted a little bit, he was on maybe the top of my list as far as ones to watch this weekend within the the playoff contenders. I, I think he had been close so many times and he finally was able to close the deal, which was really cool to see. Now we, we get here to Phoenix. This is the second time this season we've been at Phoenix. Obviously we had the spring race. William Byron was your winner in the spring. Uh, but now we've got these uh, other, well, all four, but the other three, William Byron's already shown that he can run really well um, this, this year. But where did the other four, or where did the other three finish? Um, William Byron won. Ryan Blaney, if you don't remember, finished in second place. Kyle Larson finished P4, and Christopher Bell P5. 
So these four playoff contenders were all up front when it came to uh, the race at Phoenix last year. I went back and watched a little bit of a replay, and uh, the race ended with a number of cautions, so it's not like it was a, a long green flag run that the, allowed the teams to kind of give the driver a good car and then put it in the driver's hands to deliver. Uh, but either way, it's still a win, and it's still a really good result to be able to kind of combat those restarts, which are insane at Phoenix, and and still to come out with that kind of a finishing position. So, and as far as this too, the the for Ryan Blaney as well as William Byron, this is their first time uh, appearing in the final four. This is their first ever time contending for a championship. Christopher Bell was here last year, and then Kyle Larson, obviously previous, uh, pre, uh, you know, former champion. So, uh, but for Ryan Blaney, William Byron, this is their first time in the final four contending for this, uh, title in the NASCAR cup series. Uh, uh Ryan Blaney uh, has been uh, running full time, I believe for eight years. And I can't recall how many years William Byron's been running, but uh, definitely less than that. So, um, it's kind of good to see them, uh, getting up here and, and, and contending for this championship. Now, I thought about taking this approach on the episode. I thought, well, what's the percentage chance that I would give each driver that of this final four to come away with the, uh, with the title, with the trophy at the end of the day. And the more I thought about it, I don't really know that you can put one driver ahead of the other. They've all shown that they can perform really, really well. Obviously they're in the final four for a reason. And when you look at the spring race, they all ran extremely well. They had really good finishing positions, some of them overcoming some issues uh, during the race. So there's not really like one team is better than another. I think maybe the only way to come up with a percentage that's different for every driver is just to look at their statistics historically. Like how have they run at Phoenix overall, and then, you know, take driver averages and, um, you know, average finishing positions and figure out, okay, which driver statistically should finish the race farther ahead than the other three. That's probably really the only way to do that. But I feel like that's not really that fair of a ranking when it comes to this race. So I'm giving these guys a 25% chance each. I don't know how you put one ahead of the other. They're all fantastic. They're all really good. Christopher Bell, I'll just be honest, he surprised me a bit, but whenever it mattered most, he pulled it out. So good job to him and the 20 team. Ryan Blaney has surprised me. I thought, you know, at the Coke 600 win, that was maybe going to be his only win of the season. And then we start entering the playoffs. I thought for sure he would probably be out the round of 12, but he just kept plugging along and, and, and getting those wins that he got to seal the deal and get himself into the position he's in now. So that's really good for him. William Byron obviously expected him to be a strong contender because of his five wins in the season, one of which being Phoenix. And Kyle Larson, you can just never count this guy out. I mean, he's one of the best of the best in racing right now. So how do you put any one of these drivers ahead of the other when it comes to this weekend's race at Phoenix? I don't think you can. So I'm putting them all at 25% as far as what is their chance of winning, chance of getting the trophy and going home with the title in their pocket this weekend. 
So, but what is my prediction? I do have a prediction, and I'm sure we all have our favorites. I'd be curious to know who your favorite is going into the weekend. Let me know in a comment somewhere if if you found this show on Instagram or Facebook, or maybe you found it on my Buy Me a Coffee page. You can leave comments there. If you find this on the website, you know, you can you can send me a message. If you find this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever and there's the ability to leave a comment, let me know. I'm curious to know who your favorite is. But going into this weekend, I do have my favorites and uh, the way that I think it's going to play out. And I'm guessing it's probably a little bit different than yours. But I have here, coming up, you know, bringing up the rear, I have William Byron being the fourth of the final four playoff contenders. Now, that's not to say he's going to finish in fourth place. Uh, I have it to where of the four playoff drivers, who is going to be the furthest back in the field? I think it's going to be William Byron. And here's my reason why. Basically, it's his first uh, appearance here in the Final Four. Uh, The pressures are going to be up higher than maybe he's ever faced before. But, I mean, these guys are in the Cup Series for a reason. They can handle the pressure. So I don't... And remember this too, the margin of error between, you know, in, for sake of, you know, for instance, qualifying, the margin between pole position and maybe P15 might be two tenths of a second, might be three tenths of a second. So it's not that any of these drivers are not going to have, you know, it's not that William Byron or whoever else is going to have a bad race. It's just maybe it's just going to be just a slight touch off of the other guys. So, but either way, I'm putting him in the, the the furthest back. I think just first time in the Final Four appearance, um, it, it's hard to replicate what you've done in the past and to do it again, although he has done that with some back-to-back wins this season, which Phoenix was a second win that was you know a back-to-back win. So, I mean, he can do it. He's proven he can do it. But I'm just, I don't know. My, my gut's saying that he's going to be the furthest back of the Final Four. Number three, I have as Christopher Bell. Uh, he you know, he fell a little bit short. Um, you know, last year obviously did not win uh, the title race. Uh, Joey Logano did, but um, either way, I think he, from what I recall, was a decent race, but still just kind of fell short a little bit. So I'm going to put him there in the third of the four drivers. And then I'll just go ahead and reveal, because if I give you the second place, then I'll let you know who I think is going to be the winner. I I think the winner that's going to come away with the championship is going to be Ryan Blaney. He's had some really good races there, and it's almost like a repeat of what I said last week about Martinsville, that Ryan Blaney statistically looks good. Uh, He should perform well. He should be able to be there towards the front, if not snag a win uh, this this weekend so uh, he did that that was kind of the scenario he had to face up to last week and it was a really clutch moment for him to pull through and get the win uh, and to finish the deal so I think he definitely has the ability and the focus to pull that off especially with the eight years of racing experience in the cup series so I think he's got the mental focus he's got a lot of drive he's got a lot of confidence especially coming off of the win at Martinsville, plus his really good record here at Phoenix, uh, I think he's got to be at the top of the list. That then leaves Larson as the the second of the four playoff contenders remaining in the finishing order. 
And he's kind of the same way as Christopher Bell, like has done well, but uh, sometimes I think his aggression gets the best of him. And it's almost like he has to uh, tone it down a little bit. But in this kind of a situation, though, I could see him, you know, really just nailing it. And it's almost like he's either going to nail it and be right up there contending for the win, or he's going to overdo it just a little bit and, and, and hit, you know, brush the wall, tear up the car, get into a compromising situation and jeopardize a, a solid, solid finish. And I think it's, you know, it's not like he's pushing the boundary by 1%. That I think it's going to be, you know, he's, if he's pushing the boundary at all, he's pushing it with everything he's got. If he's not pushing the boundary, he's going to be safe, but he may not be running as fast. So I don't know. I feel like with him, there's almost no middle ground. And with everything on the line here, I mean, this is it. There's one race left. They have to make it count. He's got to be coming out here with a lot of aggression, doing the very best that he can to uh, get themselves a win. So I, I think that, I don't know. He's another one, kind of like William Byron, that has proven himself. Absolutely. Former champion, very successful in this season alone. How do you say that he's not in the contention to win. He, he obviously is. I don't know. Just kind of maybe more or less just a gut feeling. I don't know. Let, let, again, let me know. I'm curious what your favorite, uh, favorite is to win the championship and maybe where you would place these four drivers on your list. You know, what would be your, uh, you know, one through four order for these four drivers, as far as trying to be able to anticipate, Who's going to do well? There's just so many variables, right? There's, I mean, this is almost the argument for every race. Like, there's just so much that goes into a race and the ex- execution of a race that it makes it extremely difficult and practically impossible to have a solid idea about what's coming. I mean, between the driver having to be perfect in the car whenever the driver comes down pit road, not to speed coming in or going out for the pit crew to not come over the wall too soon to get the tires and the lug nuts tight to get the the car full of gas for them not to, um, you know, let some sort of equipment get drug out of the pit stall. I mean, there's just so many things that go into an execution of a race that everybody has to be on their a game for sure. And if one driver makes one little mistake or one crew member makes one little mistake and it costs them two tenths or four tenths of a second, that very easily could be the difference between walking home with a trophy and going home in second place or third or fourth or maybe even tenth. I mean, that's that's how tight this competition is. The team effort, there can be no mistakes if if there are even just the slightest ones at this level of competition they're not going to be able to get away with it. So because there are so many variables and so many opportunities for slip-ups, I don't. you just can't predict who's going to do the best. You can give your best guess and your best shot, which is what we've done today, but uh, I, I could be completely wrong, and not because someone unloads 25th, but because someone has a winning car and they, they, they speed exiting pit road, and now they're at the back of the pack with four to go, and they're out of it. I mean, that's as, that's as close and as tight and as serious as this thing can get. So I'm excited to see how it all unfolds, but it's going to be a really good race, 100%, no doubt. Well, let me just go over this race real quick, give you a couple of details that 
you might want to know, and as well as a little bit of a prediction with where these drivers are going to be getting some passing done. It's obviously the championship race of the NASCAR Cup Series at Phoenix Raceway, 312 laps. I believe it's a one-mile track, if I remember correctly, and it'll be broadcast at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC. As we already said, and as you already know, these restarts are going to be insane. I mean, anywhere from four to six, maybe even seven wide at moments, it is got to be one of the coolest racetracks that NASCAR goes to. And if I, if there was any one track that I could go to to watch a race, it would probably be Phoenix. I just I would love to get up there on Rattlesnake Hill and be able to watch a race unfold as the sun goes down, you know, just kind of a beautiful setting and a really, really dynamic track. You know, I've, I've mentioned some of my iRacing stuff before. iRacing, uh, Phoenix, is one of the tracks that I've done well on in iRacing, so uh, I got a little bit of an appreciation for it and an enjoyment to watch NASCAR go here um, just because I at least think I have a little bit of an idea about what these drivers have to do to uh, run well, and as well as at least maybe have a little bit of an idea about what it takes to drive around the track. And it's a really, really cool track because, you know, turns one and two, really flat, really big turn, allows for um, some, you know, dive bombs. And, you know, you have to have a lot of patience to go around that turn without, you know, getting too zealous and uh, overshooting the turn or, you know, underdoing it to where someone can pass you. So these drivers really have to um, make sure they're on their A game here. And especially coming out of turn two, the, the back of the car really likes to get light or because it, because the turn is so flat, they're all going to be searching for grip. So they want to be able to put the throttle down and the car needs to be straight, but uh, you can't do that fully in coming out of turn two like you can in some tracks. And then turns three and four is banked more. Um, and ultimately, I think you're going to see cars, and it depends on how they're set up, but I think you're going to see cars wrapping the line, wrapping that bottom of turn three and four, and trying to get a straight shot to where they can floor it coming to the start-finish line. It's just a really, really cool track. Plus, the dogleg, I mean, where you can cut all the way down on the apron. Obviously, just it's so unique, so dynamic, has so many options for these drivers, and the, the restarts because of that are going to be uh, some of the best that we'll see all season. For these drivers, tire management is going to be huge because it is kind of like a flat track a little bit especially turns one and two, it's going to be really easy to heat up those tires if they uh, just goose it a little bit too much. So they need to be really careful with that and make sure that they manage their tires well, especially into a long run, to be able to uh, have the speed that they need over over the duration of a run. As far as the passing goes, I think in turn three, you're going to see... um, Mostly, it's you know people that are going to be on the bottom, uh, wrapping that line. Maybe there's a chance if you're late in a run and everyone's searching for grip, that maybe the top line in turns three and four might have the advantage because the drivers can kind of pin someone down and force them to lift a little bit. But I think the the predominant line that, that where you're going to see people want to be is on the bottom in turns three and four. But turns one and two. Uh, the, that one is just, it's so wide. It's so big that I think the, these drivers are going to have the ability to 
take advantage of the top and the bottom. I think you might see some guys that maybe do like a slide job kind of thing going into turn one. And then you might see guys that if they're side by side would that the top might prevail because coming out of turn two, it's kind of a pinch point. And it's, you know, like I said, the drivers want to be able to put the gas down, but they can't do that if they don't have a clean exit coming out of two, especially if they're on the inside lane and there's a car on their outside. So the, I think the passing could be top or bottom in turns one and two late in a run. Uh, definitely the, the top I think would be the better way to go. It's, it's more of a defensive line. You can, you can kind of race defensively there, uh, uh, late in a run when everybody's searching for grip last, uh, the, the spring race finished with a, a number of restarts. And I think it might've been an overtime. If it wasn't, it was right there at the, at the, uh, scheduled end of the race. So had there been another caution, it would have been an overtime, but all that to say, I think that it's going to be uh, a really good race. That's probably going to come down to an overtime finish. It may not, and that's something that I really appreciate about the Cup Series is these guys are very, very skilled, and sometimes, in my opinion, it's better for a race to end under green after a long green flag run. That's not as interesting. It's not as dramatic, but that's kind of the reward for these drivers and teams that have put in the effort the entire race to get themselves into the position that they're in. And, you know, I feel bad for these drivers that when they have like a six second lead and then a caution comes out and then they're not able to, you know, finish everything out because they put themselves in the right place. They, they gave themselves the right situation and right circumstances and they played the right strategy, but because someone made a mistake, they're paying the price for it. And I know that that's racing, right? And that's, that's what, as much as I don't like it, I do like it too, because it adds the drama and that's fun. But at the same time, I can appreciate when it goes green for these guys, and that could happen. But I really think that it's more likely that we're going to come down to some restarts and who can have the best two-lap run and get the track position that they need and and end the race uh, in the front, either at least as the winner, uh, or not in the least, at, at, at very least in front of the other three playoff contenders, if not uh, winning the race. So who's on my ones to watch list? Obviously your final four, we that's that's a no-brainer. But who are the non-playoff drivers that could come up here and spoil the party a little bit? Maybe uh, come out here and win the race uh, ahead and, and, and put it to where the champion of the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series season that doesn't win the race. That would be interesting if that happened. Well, who could do that? Well, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, and Kyle Busch, all these guys, first of all, they finished well in the spring race also. I think maybe of those three, the worst finishing position was like 10th maybe. And I think that might have been Kyle Busch. Actually, no, that might have been Joey Logano. Either way, they were all right up there in the top 10 of the spring race. So they, they showed already this year that they can run well. But statistically, you look at their averages, they, they are all really good. And especially Kevin Harvick, he's a, he's a favorite here at Phoenix. And, you know, for Kevin Harvick, it would be really cool for him to get a win in his final, final race before he retires. That would be really neat. Joey Logano won last year because he won the championship last year. And Kyle Busch has had some really good runs too. So these three guys you cannot overlook. The, the championship four, I think, are going to be the, the most competitive and the most towards the front. I think the, the rest of the field is going to kind of respect that to a degree. 
But if any of these other playoff non-playoff drivers can can get up there and contend for a win, you better believe they're going to do it. So keep an eye on those guys for sure. Well, that's going to wrap things up for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe. And if you want to support the show, you can do so on the website. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the race at Phoenix. And I'll catch you at the next stage break.